Hello everybody, welcome back to the Dragon's Library. I actually have some news today, so before we get to our episode, we're going to go through that. Um, I've been working on a new project, a new sort of type of episode that I'm going to be revealing. Um, it's currently being planned for this next Thursday. It might be this next, it might be uh, the Tuesday after next, if that doesn't work out. But it's something I'm really excited about. It's called the Reference Section. And uh, it will be a, an occasional episode, a bit more scripted, that will go over uh, large franchises, mostly those that are a bit more obscure. And I will basically go over the basics of the story. And it's based, and the reason I'm doing it is because I've recently wanted to review some old, rather obscure series. Uh, but I don't want to review the whole thing. I want to review like one or two books. And... I need everyone to have a sort of basis understanding of it. So the idea I came up with this is whenever I run into a series like that that I want to review, but I don't, you know, want to review the whole thing, I can basically have a, uh, podcast that will go over the basics and get everyone on a sort of baseline understanding. And then we can get straight to the fun stuff of, you know, talking about it and laughing about how ridiculous it all is. So that's, you know, coming up. Look for that soon. Um, for anyone who goes to the Buy Me a Coffee pages and subscribes to the $2 a month membership, you can actually get to see that a week early. So, you know, I mean, not a week early, I'm sorry, um, a few days early. It's going to be either three to four days, depending on if it's a Tuesday or Thursday. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I really hope it does well. Uh, the first topic is Bionicle, because I'm a huge Bionicle fan, and I really want to talk about it for a long time. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that. Anyway, let's get into today's episode. So, today we review Marvel's What If. Uh, this is actually a really fun series. I really like the idea behind it. So, for those of you who don't know, the Marvel... Uh, it's a new TV show on Disney+. Plus, uh, and the premise is, it's a bunch of What If moments. So, uh, now, after Loki, we know that the multiverse exists now. So, this is basically going to be other timelines of the Marvel Universe. The idea is, hey... What if blank? You know, uh, the first episode is what if, uh, Peggy Carter, Carter became Captain, you know, got the super soldier serum instead of Captain America. So she became Captain Carter instead of Captain America. Um, and it's actually really cool. I thought it was going to be something like simple. Like maybe we get like, you know, two timelines per episode. We go through a brief oh, here's what happened, and oh, here are a few clips, and then... No, they kind of run through a Cliff Notes version of the entire Captain America movie uh, from the Super Soldier Serum scene. So, okay, so for the premise, it's basically... That's the, that's the whole idea. So we are... The narrator is this being called the Watcher, and the Watcher, uh, from what I understand in Marvel Comics, is this cosmic being that, you know, watches. There's either a species or a single being, I don't really know the details, who watch over the Marvel Universe and record everything. Think of them as, like, just passive observers or even readers. Ha ha ha, meta, meta, meta. But, um... Anyway, so yeah, that's that's the whole premise, really. We're just going to go through some crazy timelines. We don't really know if there's going to be a connective tissue yet. Uh, we do know that there's some talk that Peggy Carter's going to be coming back for another episode, maybe in Season 2. So it's possible that uh you know we're going to be getting to see the outcomes of some of these timelines not just like a pre brief snap view into it i actually really like this so far uh the first episode was a really good first foot forward i mean most of the first episodes are always really good they really they 
Marvel's real, uh, does a great job of putting their concepts, especially their crazier things like Loki or Captain the Winter Soldier or WandaVision and getting you hooked right away with a lot of questions and ideas and just really good execution. Uh, I've always been a fan of animated stuff, so this in particular was just a really fun thing for me. It's just seeing, like, all this stuff animated. Uh, they're able to do a lot of cool things they're not able to do in the uh, live-action movies. Like, Peggy has, like, a really different, like... So, basically, okay, let's get into the basic thing. So, if you want to watch this, spoilers will abound. Um, it's really well made. There's a lot of animation stuff. Peggy has a different fighting style than Captain America. She has a lot more of a brute strength rather than a skill and martial arts thing going which I think I thought was kind of interesting. And all in all, yeah, I, I'm really going to, I'm looking forward to see where this goes. Uh, there's that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, so this might all be important. And I've heard a few people think, talking about how this might end up with some kind of like, what if Multiverse Avengers team forming to fight some kind of chaos god or maybe Wanda because she's gone all, you know, I have to find my babies again because her kids and WandaVision's ending. That ending was harsh. Like, I know Wanda's entire character is trauma and reacting to trauma, but, like, seriously, can we stop, like, kicking her in the chest and just let her have a happy ending for, like, once? I mean, seriously, she got screwed over in the comics and now she's getting screwed over in the movies. It's actually kind of depressing. Uh, I mean, I guess that's her character, yeah. It's, it's her character is literally just endless mental trauma, but, you know. Uh, anyway... So, yeah. All right, we're going to be on to full spoilers now. If you want to see it, go see it. I highly recommend it. It's good. It's on Disney+. Plus. I assume most of you have access to Disney+. Plus, and if you don't have access to it, just find someone who does and say, hey, can I borrow your account for a, for a little while? It's all cool. We all share accounts. I share, I'm currently sharing an account with my entire family, my brother, my parents, and three of my friends. So, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, just, just. Just find someone who has it. So, yeah. Okay. So, the what-if scenario starts out in the Super Soldier Serum. So, for those of you who haven't noticed, this is heavily based. This episode is uh, set during the Captain America, the first Avenger. Like, one of the first few Marvel movies. If you haven't seen it, who am I kidding? If you're, wa if you're watching a review about Marvel what-if, you should probably have seen this by now. If not, go watch it real quick. It's a really good movie. You can just, like, pause and come back. Okay. Everybody here who's seen Captain America? Cool. Okay. I'm going to assume you all have seen Captain America, the, the first, first Avenger now. So, they're in the scene where Cap is about to get the Super Soldier Serum. And um, the the whole gimmick is that this is all changed by, like, one moment. There's, like, one moment that changes everything. And it's the question where uh, Stark at, uh, or the general... Yeah, the general asked Peggy, wouldn't you be more comfortable up in the stands? And she's like... And she just looks at Steve and decides, you know what, I'm going to stay here for you. And she says, no, I I'm perfectly fine here. Um, now, there's a bomber, a spy who's going to bomb the facility uh, when he gets close enough to the doctor, you know, kill him, try and steal a serum. Um, and as a result of Peggy deciding to stay down there, all of the other, you know, military and scientific guests who have come to watch this experiment um, decide to stay down there with her, including the bomber. Now, as Steve's getting ready for the procedure, the bomb goes off, kills the doctor who made the serum, and uh, he goes to, and he also kills the general who was like a secondary character in Captain America, the first Avenger. I forget his name off the top of my head. 
um, and tries to kill Steve. He wounds Steve with a bullet, but that means that Steve can't do the procedure. In addition, the bombs damage a lot of the equipment, and if they, and with the doctor dead, they'll never be able to get these settings back again. So, they have to do it now or never, and Peggy decides, uh, it's, I'm the only one who can. Start, like, the, there's this other general guy there who's like, start, get in the chair. It's like, I have to do all this. Nobody else can operate all this machinery. So Peggy jumps in. She becomes a super soldier and gets berated because, well, that, you know, good general who respected her was, isn't, it got killed by the spy and this new guy's kind of an a-hole. So, uh, yeah. She, she's, you know, getting a lot of blood taken. They're ranting about how we were supposed to have a super soldier and now we have you. Ugh. Like Captain, like like the way they treated Steve once he was the only one left, but even worse, you know. So, uh, Peggy gets pissed. Uh, they find out that the that that Hydra is going after the Tesseract. Uh, they actually managed to figure that ahead of time in this in this movie, as opposed to later on. And they learn that it's being transported. So Peggy going against orders. Uh, and being given a new, uh, her suit and her shield by Stark takes, um, decides to go retrieve it on her own because the new general guy won't approve, you know, stopping the science web, the, not the, the cult, the cult that was too evil for the Nazis because, yeah, that's the Red Skull's backstory, uh, in this, in the movie universe is that he was too evil for the Nazis. Jeez. Uh, from getting a power source more powerful than an atomic bomb is unimportant. Ugh. This, the, the new general is a moron. I like the other guy from the actual movie, but, uh, this guy, I guess we had to in order to get the spot moving, but he is just the worst. Sorry, he really is. Uh, and Peggy goes in there and, I loved, all the action scenes are phenomenally animated. Like, seriously, whoever animated these things, beautiful job love it they do lots of like continuous shots so you get to like see it without any cuts uh there's this whole musical scene later on after you know when she's like getting acclaim and becoming famous or whatever you know going on multiple missions in a row the montage sequence um and the the moment when she like she see captain america usually fights like a bit more like strategically like he'll grab somebody out of a car throw them around usually hop into stuff peggy is like a tank she, um, it, as opposed to, like, you know, throwing her shield and disabling trucks by, like, hitting the wheels or whatever, she'll just ram them with the shield, absorb the force with the vibranium, and crush it, flip the car over her head, and throw it to the ground. And when she realizes what she could do, she just goes nuts, and she's just bashing into cars left and right. Which, I kind of like that she's, like, the tank version, like... Because cause remember, Steve was the little skinny guy. He was always, like, really underweight. So, of course, even when he gets the massive muscles, he's fighting more like an acrobat or whatever, you know, trying to uh, dodge and home. Yeah, he's punching, sure. But when he's dealing with vehicles, he's mostly trying to go for weak spots and things like that. Whereas Peggy just bashes straight in with the shield, uh, using it almost like a hammer. And it's like, oh, it's a difference in how they, you know, how they fight. Because she was, she was actually really fit. And she was like a secret agent, you know. She already knew how to fight and even with a lot of decent strength. So becoming a super soldier, she was just like, yeah, now I can treat trucks like they're people. Uh, you know, and stuff like that. And it was just really cool to see the differences in those fight scenes. Plus, Peggy just has a lot of fun with this. Like, this whole sequence when she's first taking the Tesseract... It's basically her playing around with these powers she's only ever gotten to take out aggression with on a uh, punching bag. And now she has a bunch of, you know, Nazis, which 
you can murder as many Nazis as you want in any form of fiction, and there's just, like, no karmic backlash. Like, seriously, you kill a Nazi, and everybody, everybody in the audience just cheers because you murdered a Nazi. Good for you. That's immediate karma points. Um, and so, uh, I just love how she just goes hog wild playing around with the shield. It's just fun. Uh, it really plays into the goofiness of this premise, and I love it. The whole what-if premise. Not necessarily Carter becoming Captain America. I actually think that's a really good interesting idea. Uh, I almost wish we had gotten to see, like, a full Avengers with her as, like, Captain America. She's she's a lot of fun. But uh, the goofiness of the what-if premise, you know? For those of you who don't know, actually, fun fact. these This what-if show is actually based on a series of comics Marvel apparently published back in the day called Marvel What If. And they were a lot of different things. They were like, you know, uh, what if, the, what if, uh, well, actually, a few of them even turned to premises. Let's see here. Because what was it? Uh, Jane Foster becomes Thor. What if she had found the hammer instead of uh, Donald Blake? Uh, long story, Thor used to have a secret identity. Not important. Uh, Odin, Odin is regularly kind of an a-hole. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And, yeah, that they just play around with premises like this. You know, what if the Fantastic Four had gotten different powers? What if uh, Spider-Man had been more of a spider than a man? That kind of stuff. You know, crazy Silver Age comics. Uh, and I just really like how this show is playing into that premise. You know, going wild. Uh, and they really do take this premise all the way. See, Steve doesn't die from being shot. He's injured, goes through a bit of rehab, and he's back on he's back on the force. But he's not a super soldier anymore. But he's still very trusted. He went through training with Peggy. She thinks she's, you know, awesome. He's friends now with Howard Stark because he's been around him a lot. And uh, th- when they manage to get a hold of the Tesseract, Howard's like, "I we could put this to use. So he builds a prototype version of the Iron Man suit. Kind of looks like a hybrid of the Iron Man armor and the Iron Monger armor. Uh, except with better boost rockets. So it doesn't. it's not like super slow to, you know, get off the ground. And... Uh, he actually chooses Steve to be the pilot. So he becomes, like, the first proto-Iron Man. So, like, Peggy Carter is, like, Captain Britain, although Captain Britain is apparently a different character in Marvel Comics, but she's, like, Captain Carter with the, you know, unions, like, the, you know, Union Union Jack on the shield. And he's the, you know, giant, hulking uh, Iron Man of of America. And it's actually a really cool team team dynamic they have. Uh, he even gets kidnapped in, uh, they even have, like, a moment where she, like, saves Bucky from falling off the train like he did in the, you know, uh, in the first movie where he became the Winter Soldier. And Steve gets kidnapped, the Red Skull being backed into a corner, having lost all his options, not having gotten his weapon, decides to try and open a portal to, uh, another realm and unleash a monster that, that he thinks will either conquer the world for Hydra or destroy it, but he, you know, doesn't care because he rules the world or it stops being a world at all. And yeah, it's all, it's all this really campy, ridiculous thing. And there's even this moment where, um, near the end where, like, they're talking about, cause, uh, when Captain America went into the, like, the ice, when he crashed the plane to land the ice, uh, he had this moment of like, we, we, we have that time for the dance. It's like, how about Wednesday? It's like, I'll be there. And, you know, then he goes to sleep and when he wakes up, everyone he knows is dead. And there's the same moment with Peggy where he's like, you need to teach me how to dance. Uh, it's like, Wednesday then. We can go then. And she, cause she has to push the monster into the portal in order for them to start to close it. Um, and when she goes through the, but she ends up getting sucked in too. And then you see the scene from, uh, the Avengers, the actual Avengers movie, 
where, uh, you know, they're testing the Tesseract, trying to open portals. Uh, this is like the same air place where Loki, Project Pegasus, where Loki appeared. And this is apparently a little while before that happened. And instead of finding Steven the Ice while looking for the Tesseract, a little while after they were, you know, working on the Tesseract, they were working on this thing for years, Peggy pops out of one of the portals it creates. But she doesn't realize any time at all has passed. And she's freaking out and they're like, it's been 30 years. And, you know, or 70 years, whatever. It's, it's like, but I had a date. And, and it was kind of cool just like seeing Peggy. It's like, it's like, it's almost like we, you know, fun fact. I actually really do like Peggy Carter. I think she's one of the best characters in the MCU, especially out of the earlier films. Uh, well, one of the best side characters. Obviously you have, you know, Iron Man, Captain America, you had Hawkeye, you had, uh, Black Widow. It's like, aside from the main core Avengers, out of all, like, the side secondary characters, especially love interests, I think Peggy Carter was the best. Uh, especially since she actually got her own TV show. And if you have not watched Agent Carter, go watch Agent Carter. It is really good. Please. More people need to see that. Um, also watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's unrelated. I mean, it's kind of related because Agent Carter references a lot and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. references back. But, um, seriously, go watch both of those. They're good shows. After you get through the first season of Agents of Heal, I know the first season can be rough for some people. Rough for some people, it gets better. Uh, here I am. Here I am reviewing a Marvel thing and going to tell you go watch more Marvel. Like you're not all sick of Marvel by now. Uh, I don't think I'll ever get sick of Marvel. I've rewatched Agents of Heal recently, and it's just like I love it so much. And Agent Carter is oh, fantastic. Like seriously, it's really fun watching Carter. Uh, Carter. Like I think she's an interesting character. Um, so yeah. I guess this is wrap it up. Uh, they, one of the other things I actually think before, before, before we finish, I guess I, there's one little last part is, uh, a fun bit is that they were actually able to get most of the original voice actors back for this thing. So the guy who plays the, uh, Bucky Barnes comes back to play Bucky Barnes. And obviously they get the person who played Agent Carter. Uh, they get the guy who played the general to play that general, even though he immediately dies. They did not get the same guy for Steam Rogers though. They got someone else, but he does a really good, um, Chris Evans impersonation. I gotta give him that. So, all in all, really cool idea. I'm really excited to see where it goes. I'm actually really looking forward to the Marvel Zombies one, because I've always kind of had a soft spot for the Marvel Zombies comics. Uh, they're one of the only comics I've actually read a whole series of, if that makes sense. Uh, so, I'm actually looking forward to seeing that. And, um, yeah. So, looking forward to it. We've got a few new episodes trailered from what we've seen. We're going to see something with Doctor Strange. We're going to see something where Killmarger is is uh, Tony Stark's bodyguard and stops him from getting shrapnel to the chest. Uh, we're going to see something with Gamora and Thanos' armor holding his, like, dual blade. So maybe, like, she killed him and is now, like, the new Thanos or, you know, trying to redeem herself in her father's old armor or whatever. Uh, and then we're getting, what else? Uh, the Marvel Zombies thing, obviously. So looking forward to all that. You know. Anyway, uh, we've got those that project I mentioned at the beginning coming up soon. Again, really hope you guys stick around for that. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, you can follow if you want to. You know, help out the channel, help us grow. Uh, this podcast, you know, is really. <laughs> I, I'm really trying to put a lot more time into the podcast. You know, uh, post some more on the page on the uh, official Twitter. Uh, really give it a life of its own. So you can check us out at, at dragon underscore library two on Twitter. Uh, you can also email me at the dragons library dot main at Gmail. If you have any questions and if you want to suggest anything you want me to review, I'm always open to it. 
Um, next, I'm probably going, it's kind of in the air what the next week's review is going to be for this coming Tuesday, but I think I'm probably going to review Rampage. I recently watched that, and nowadays everything I watch and or read has to be for this podcast, so might as well use it. <laughs> use it or lose it, you know? Uh, so yeah. Uh, I think that's about it. You can support us at, uh, Buy Me A Coffee. The link is in the show notes below. Thank you so much for listening, and, uh... See you next time. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.